by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Would you expect me to play on Christmas Eve? Of course, that was The Damned, and There Ain't No Sanity Clause, the remix version, that was released in 1983. As you know, the original came out in 1980 and was the last single the band produced for the Chiswick label. It was co-written by Giovanni Danamo from The Snivelling Shits. Their version can be found on the reissue of I Can't Come. As it's Christmas, this week's show is going to be laced, if not littered, with festive songs. Not the regular tunes that get wheeled out every 12 months and bore a senseless, well, apart from Slate Days, no, a wizard, but songs more conducive to the values of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. Like this one from Vice Squad. <laughs> Brand new bed. Come on, jump up. 
Sock it to me, Santa from the Christmas EP of the same name. Right, let's get into some non seasonal songs. Band up until last weekend, never heard of, were the Sonic Beat Explosion from Leipzig in Germany. Their last and third album is called Electrophonic Soul, which was released in September 2014. Thanks to Some Kind Soul, a link was posted on the Helicopters Community Facebook page recommending Send Band. You know how it works. If you like that band, then you'll dig this band. Sometimes it can go horribly wrong, though. But uh, in this case, I can see myself investing in their back catalogue, which is readily available from their Bandcamp site. Here is Prodigal Son from Electrophonic Soul. <laughs> Give me one good reason Give me some really true 
so wanted Jonathan Anderson the Heartbreakers to have recorded a Christmas song, which is a shame they didn't. I did find, though, a mashup of Chinese Rocks and Lennon's Happy Christmas War is Over on the interwebs. But 30 seconds in, oh, I got bored with it. A couple of weeks ago, I did a double take as my Bands in Town notification app, as it proclaimed that the Heartbreakers were playing Hyde Park next summer. Of course, I knew within a nanosecond there was going to be a Wilbury. But part of me hoped, however unlikely, that it was the band that recently played in New York that featured Waterloo and Clem Burke. So, instead of Johnny, here's Hanoi Rocks and Dead by Christmas. It's not so long to go Though my face don't show My temperature It's getting too low Mongos from Spain are also a new band to me, having just released their new and um, second album, Shoot the Bullet, on the B-Core Disc Record label. The first came out in 2001. However, the band have been on hiatus for the past decade. Why? I've no idea. Most probably life got in the way. Well, for whatever reason, the band are thankfully back and firing on all cylinders. Here's the romantically titled I Fuck for your enjoyment. <laughs>
on last week's show, I mentioned how I missed Johnny Moped at the 100 Club on the 15th. Well, the day after, I also missed seeing Sham69 with the UK subs up at the Forum in Kentish Town. I still haven't seen the subs since Jet left. Nothing against Steve, who, from what I've read and seen on YouTube, is doing an admirable, if not sterling, job. Considering the band are continually on the road gigging, I really haven't got a decent excuse. I know the album Zizo was the band's last, but I really hope that they enter the studio for singles and or EPs, as the subs can really turn out a good tune. And it would be great to hear what Steve brings to the table. I didn't miss was Ginger's birthday bash also up at the forum on the 17th however because there was about seven bands playing including the Wild Hearts who were headlining even with a midnight curfew I missed all of El Bavana, uh, the main grains and 90% of the Downing Pool set uh, I was particularly gutted at not seeing the main grains as uh, they're rather good at Camden Rocks in the summer and I've been led to believe that Danny McCormack's former Yo-Yo's bandmate and current professional Tom Spencer joined them for a run-through of Keeping On, Keeping On from the Yo-Yo's one and only album, Uppers and Downers. On the plus side, along with The Damned, the main Grahams, as obviously others thought they were hit last year, have one of the first bands to be announced for this year's Camden Rocks. All we need now is for Bernie Tormo to be added. Have you checked out Bernie's pledge site? Hot dang! Bernie's putting out some seriously great collectible demos and rare recordings. Anyway, here's the main grains, and I'd rather be in California.
talking to the professionals, as I was, the drummer and former Sex Pistol, Paul Cook, was sitting a few rows in front of me in the balcony. Yes, I was sitting down. I'm far too old to be standing for three hours plus at gigs these days. Accompanying him was Hey Hello bassist Toshi, who also plays bass with him in Sharks. Oh, the interconnectedness. Cookie was involved in a Christmas single in the shape and form of the greediest seven-inch, A Merry Jingle. Joining Paul was his fellow professional, Steve Jones, along with Thin Lizzy's Brian Downey, Scott Gorham, and of course on bass and vocals, Phil Liner. Originally, the Greedy Bastards, to give them their full title, were to have featured Lynette, Gary Holton, Gary Moore and Rat Scabies. However, the band's first gig, which uh, was in July 1978, sported Lynette, Gorham, Moore, Chris Spedding, Jimmy Bain and Cook and Jones. I think at one point Bob Geldof was involved. Anyway, only the aforementioned signal was recorded with subsequent appearances on Top of the Pops and the Kenny Everett show to promote it. Ginger Wildheart plays in other bands, he is more than happy to take a back seat, letting the spotlight and focus fall on others. The trials and tribulations of what has befallen Hey Hello over the last couple of years is well documented. But the current and hopefully permanent lineup of Toshi, I, the Rev, Ginger, and Cat, who looked like she just walked off the set of Buck Fizz's Land of Make Belief video, and that is a compliment. Hands up, we fantasized over Jay Ashton. However, Ginger seemed, uh, he was like a little bit out of sorts. At the back of my mind, I wonder if it was the depression that had almost derailed the current Wild Hearts tour, rearing its ugly head. But as the set progressed, our hero seemed to relax, so I just put that thought to whence it came. Although, it did look like he cut the set short. At the time, I just put it down to time constraints. Of course, 
a selection from both the Hey Hello albums were aired. Uh, they could quite easily have played both albums back to back and I don't think there would have been any complaints. A track that sadly wasn't played, although it was originally in the set, was the cover of Sailor's A Glass of Champagne. I got the money, I got the place You got the figure, you got the face Let's get together, the two of us over a glass of champagne played it a couple of shows ago but as I didn't know what the band was called apart from Hacking from the Curse and various she-males were involved let alone what the actual title of the song was ever the one for getting an exclusive I thought it would be best if I replayed it with the current title so for your listening pleasure my eye present Young Doctors in Lust and their debut single Christmas Day Jesus Christ, it's too much snow 
After Hey Hello came Jim Jones and The Righteous Mind. As I've been hearing good things and reports about them, I was looking forward to seeing them live. Unfortunately, I must say I was underwhelmed. Friend of the show and Squirrel Associate Arkwright, on the other hand, loved them. Horses for courses and all that. A band that unexpectedly blew me away were Dirtbox Disco. I did briefly see them in April at Ginger's rearranged birthday bash, but as they looked like a Poundland insane clown posse, I went straight to the bar without hearing a note played. Afterwards, a few of my mates who had seen them were surprised that I had not, with claims of damned influences, which I totally ignored, as I was sure they were just trying to wind me up. Imagery can play an important part when a band play. With Turbo Negro, the look and the music go hand in glove. I couldn't imagine them playing dressed down, so to speak. And I guess most musical genres have some kind of uniform. However, for me, Dirtbox Discos, Rampage Through a Charity Come Fancy Dress Shop, overshadows the fact that they can produce rather stonkingly good tunes. I was even more surprised to learn that the band have four full-length albums to their name. The Dan influences are there, circa 1979, but not overpowering. I thought musically, they're more akin to the Wild Hearts, but with a hint of comedy. When I say hint, I mean musically, as visually, they have comedy written all over them, you know, quite literally. The Wild Hearts audience welcomed them with open arms, joining in sing-along, and for all intents and purposes, from where I was sitting, Dirtbox Disco could have been headlining. Talking of which, if you just so happen to be in Birmingham on the 28th, they are playing the asylum which sounds rather apt this is my girlfriend's best friend's sister from people made of paper possibly could be the last ever edition of classic rock there was an article with ginger saying that next year would see a new wild hearts album that would feature both scott sorry and 
Danny McCormack on bass. Poor old John Paul. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Seven years ago, Scott joined the Loyalties, who I think were supporting the Wild Hearts at the Islington Academy, for an acoustic version of the Kinks' Father Christmas, open brackets, give us your money, close brackets. I do believe there is a YouTube click filmed at the uh, Wolverhampton date, if you feel so inclined. If you don't, here's the original. Whenever the Wild Hearts play the UK, you're pretty much guaranteed a good time. Not only from the musicians on stage, but from the audiences. We are one big happy family. At this time of year, Christmas cards are exchanged, glad tidings are brought, and many glasses are raised to a musical backdrop of the best of the Wild Hearts. Halfway through the set, however, Ginger threw up. Over the course of the remaining evening, I could not believe the amount of fluid that left his body via his mouth uh, with a rubbish bin hastily positioned nearby ginger soldiered on drafting in frank turner to sing the last song i want to go where the people go on the set list that was posted online it looked like 29 times the pain was going to be the last song with a cover of overkill also included but not played now the penny dropped on why he looked so out of sorts during hey hello as expected and hoped 
Danny McCormack joined the band for the encore, sitting down on a stool, minus his right foot, with just the bottom of his trouser leg swinging in time to the music. <laughs>
Of course, that was the Ramones and Merry Christmas, open brackets, I don't want to fight tonight, close brackets. And before that, it was the Jackson Whites taken from my all-time favourite Wild Hearts album, Hootspah. The next day, up in Manchester, was the final day of the Wild Hearts Wish You a Messy Christmas Tour. Except it wasn't. Well, it was, sort of. Allow me to elaborate. Ginger barely made it through 20 minutes of Hey Hello set, and as Danny had picked up a chest infection that led to breathing difficulties, the gig was pulled without so much as a wild heart call being struck. A rescheduled date for the 26th of January was announced the next day. So, what did the crowd do when the gig was cancelled? Boo! Right, take to social media to proclaim how hard done by they were with cries of Lemmy would have carried on or applaud and pop over the road to see the dogs to more. I think we know which of the two occurred. I have to say, over the last week, my faith in humankind, predominantly the rock community, has been strengthened. As news spread on Monday that Team Rock, the publishers of Classic Rock, Prog and Metal Hammer, had gone bust, having made a loss of over £10 million over the last financial year, leading to over 70 people being made redundant, within hours, Ben Ward, vocalist with Orange Goblin, had set up a Just Giving page with the hope of reaching 20 grand to give to those affected to date. It stands just under £80,000, with a benefit gig also organised featuring Orange Goblin at the Black Heart. Over the last few days, the topic of conversation has been how did Team Rock crash and burn get it so spectacularly wrong? The radio station was obviously a mistake. As much as I love listening to Moose and J-Rock, the £2 million a year for the digital licence for a station that didn't have advertising was untenable, which they addressed, but of course, royalties still had to be paid. So the next step was the dismissal of all the DJs, which in the great scheme of things probably didn't save that much money. And with that, in one fell swoop, listenership became you know, insignificant. I mean, I listened to Planet Rock at work, which isn't that dissimilar to Team Rock Radio. Friend of the show and squirrel associate Arkwright said the downside was Planet Rock rarely plays any new or underground bands. My reply was, hello, that's why the Paranormal Squirrel Rock Show exists. Seriously though, if a buyer is found, I hope it's just for the magazine titles. I was shocked to learn from two sources that I have great respect for that interviews and features would be conducted on the strength of how much advertising the artist was prepared to buy. I understand the reason... Uh, bands have to buy space on a cover-mounted CD, as uh, to me that's a form of marketing. But interviews and reviews should come from you know, a passion and not you know financial gain. I mean, this podcast costs me around you know, about £300 a year to run. The main name and the host site aren't free. But I do it for the love. And to be fair, I'll get sent CDs and links to downloads that I'll you know, if I was to actually buy, would probably significantly more than my outgoings. Of course, the magazine needs to make a profit. But the business model that the directors at Team Rock used obviously failed. I did say a few months ago that I was, you know, falling out of love with Classic Rock as it was becoming a magazine of lists and the live reviews had become two features which seem now to have been allegedly bought and paid for. When I read a review, I want a broad cross-section from the band that played, you know, the frog and shovel in middle of nowheresville, to an normal dome that Guns N' Roses had just played. I want to read bad reviews so I can check out and see if it really was that terrible. A surprisingly good review from a band that should be well past their sell-by date. So I guess from you know, now on, it'll be Fear and Loathing's fanzine that will take pride of place in my bathroom, ready for me to read whilst ablutions occur. On that thought... Is the Dolly Rots and a medley of Do Ron Ron and I Wanna Be Sedated.
the Dolly Rocks had produced a Christmas song in the shape and form of Maria Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You. But I didn't like it. Right, that's your lot. Enjoy any time you have off with friends and family and I'll catch up with you on New Year's Eve. Here's the Flame Pilots and St Nick's Lament. Until then, take it easy. Footprint from any mortal being. Oh.